self-isolating is one of the most community-minded things that we could do. What the hell? What the hell? What the hell is up? What the... Hi, and welcome to this new experimental podcast of mine. My name is Claire, and I'm here to ask the tough questions in life, such as, what the hell is up? With you? With me? With the world? With those crazy vegan YouTubers out there on the web? This podcast is a plight for me to be more honest and to put something out there that might be an encouragement to others. I'm keen on honesty and authenticity, yet I have somewhat learned to hide. So I hope that each podcast episode will allow me to get more comfortable in sharing out about my journey. Topics which will be addressed include my journey of mental health struggles, self-esteem and self-worth, sexuality, and a whole slew of other potentially relevant tidbits of my story. Thanks so very much for tuning in to listen. Grab some coffee or tea and think of this as the coffee shop date of your dreams. Hello! Welcome back to What the Hell is Up? What the Hell is Up with everyone right now? Um, I know this is a really stressful time, so I just want to welcome you into listening to this podcast. Um, Let's just just close our eyes for a moment. Take a breath together. It is a wickedly stressful time. Um, No matter what your situation is, I'm sending you love and light during this season of worries and isolation and sickness. Um, But today, I'm so glad that you're tuning in to listen to me have a little COVID-19 chat. More broadly, um, I'm wondering what the hell is up with worries, isolation, and sickness. All of these things um, are present all the time in our lives, even when we're not in a pandemic. Worries, isolation, and sickness are aspects of our existence as humans. Um, and I, I do kind of want to draw attention to that because I think it's easy to get lost in all these big words and all the fear. Um, and certainly it is a fearful time that we're living in with cases continuing to increase. But, um, at the same time, I think that these, these challenges, um, are always present and maybe do offer, an avenue into growth or getting cozy with um, light amidst darkness, as silly as that could sound. So um, today I am recording in my closet. I am off work today, which is fabulous. I slept in, woke up by a FaceTime call from one of my best friends. Um, made some vegan waffles and drank some coffee, downloaded a a game called Stardew Valley, and learned part of a TikTok dance. <laughs> so if I'm checking off the list of quarantine activities, um, yeah, I think I'm doing pretty well with that. I am actually recording this after already recording um, a whole like, mess of content that I was going to put in this episode, 
but the audio was so shabby. So being quarantined offers us opportunities to try things again <laughs> and create new things, even when the original audio sucked. Um, so yeah, thank you for tuning in to listen. Um, I'm going to talk about coronavirus. I'm going to talk about my experience as a nurse. I'm going to talk about coping with this time. And I just want to invite you into this chat with um, love and compassion and um, peace. Uh, currently, health officials have identified 54,453 cases of COVID-19 across the U.S. Uh, since yesterday, there were 2,469 cases in Washington state. The number of actual cases in the U.S. and Washington likely exceeds the number of laboratory-confirmed cases because of a limited access to testing and also the slow rate of testing. Um, I'm starting, starting to see firsthand as a nurse how coronavirus is affecting the healthcare system, but of course, COVID-19 is affecting everybody. Coronavirus Elect more people than Miley Cyrus But it least her music stink Plus you never laid a finger on Tom Hanks You're making people act real weird I just saw Grandpa shaving his beard I said, Grandpa, that's not how this works But he yelled back, son That's just the kind of thinking It's gonna get you hurt Oh, coronavirus, you kind of like the fun papyrus. You're everywhere, we don't want you to be. And you're making SNL's job real easy. And I know that down the road we'll laugh about this later. But for now, my bunker's full of toilet paper. Please give me my job back. I just want to sing. To a group of 251 people And we can forget everything Coronavirus is making everybody act weird, isn't it? For good reason But I do want to spend a little bit of time Explaining what I know about the virus um, most of this information I've gotten from the CDC, which is available to everybody, and um, they're consistently updating with new information, and I'm no expert, but from my vantage point, I think education about the reality is really important to give people the proper idea of how to keep themselves safe without living in fear. Coronavirus is a type, a type of coronavirus which is a kind of virus that causes respiratory symptoms, including the common cold. In this case, COVID-19 symptoms include fever, cough, and shortness of breath. Fatigue and headaches are also possible symptoms. Most cases of COVID-19 seem to be mild, but it's different if someone has pre-existing health issues or an already compromised immune system. Just like influenza, those most at risk for severe disease from COVID-19 are older adults, those with chronic medical conditions and immunocompromised conditions. Not to say that more severe cases aren't possible amongst healthy people, um, but it is more rare. 
it might be kind of strange for some people to hear this um, with the amount of media attention around COVID-19 and these issues to shelter in place and self-quarantine. It seems that lots of folks, though, are understanding what it means to flatten the curve and slow the transmission of infection, especially to folks like this who are vulnerable to significant health consequences and would likely require hospitalization. Flattening the curve is oh so important. And it's also incredibly important to me as a nurse to see that the healthcare system and basically hospitals are not overwhelmed with sick people, though they likely will be. I've gotten a question about how the virus is spread and sort of how transmission works. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, the CDC, is still working on understanding exact aspects of transmission, but it seems that infection has mostly just been isolated from the respiratory tract, which means that it can spread through cough, sneeze, and contact with mucous membranes, like your eyes, mouth, and nose. You probably already know that you have to be within six feet of someone with infection. But the CDC says that it's transferred from close contact, which means being within six feet of a person with COVID-19 for a prolonged period of time. Not to say that it's any less important to maintain distance, um, but at least that's some relief to me as a nurse who will be working in very close contact with patients with COVID-19 for a prolonged period of time. Um, one's risk increases if proper personal protective equipment is not worn, which is why resources for isolating for um, isolation patients who have COVID-19 or are being tested for COVID-19 is really important right now. Um, You've probably heard about masks short mask shortages and shortages of hand sanitizer. Um, as a healthcare provider, I rely on PPE to not only keep myself safe, but also to limit any transmission to other patients in the hospital. I've recently become a PPE champion at my hospital, which means that I'm supposed to be an expert on the personal protective equipment that we're supposed to wear when entering one of these rooms. Basically what it means is I do my hand hygiene for 20 seconds. Then I put on, well, actually there's a few other steps, <laughs> but I'll give you the simple. Hand hygiene, um, I put on my gown, I put on my gloves, I put on my surgical mask, I put on a mask with eye protection over that, and I put on my eye protective goggles. Luckily, I was relieved to find out that, according to the CDC and according to my hospital, coronavirus is mostly just being spread through respiratory droplets, which means that it's not necessarily being aerosolized and requiring me to wear a respirator unless the patients are requiring extra breathing treatments that would cause the particles of the virus to um, be dispersed in the air. This is good news because the kinds of equipment that are required for those patients are even more scarce than a surgical mask and the eye protection that are needed for everyone else. However, as this infection continues to hospitalize people and picks up, our resources are going to be continuing to be scarce and limited. Um, I don't really know what's going to happen. 
I'm kind of just hoping for the best, trying to do my proper PPE while conserving resources and encouraging people not to utilize masks and isolation equipment unless it's really necessary. If you should have any extra masks, which are unopened, either surgical masks or N95, I know that Children's Hospital is looking for donations and there's probably some other places that could use them. As a nurse, I worry about my patients and I also worry about my fellow nursing staff, especially CNAs um, who are working alongside me and really bearing the brunt of exposure risk. Um, a few days ago, I was taking care of a patient who I discovered was having symptoms. He was so, such a warm, such a warm guy. Um, there with a cancer diagnosis, his white blood cell count um, was super, super low, meaning that his immune system was compromised. He was really very kind and had such a great smile, um, even while he was downplaying his throat pain and headaches. He was the kind of guy who you ask him if he's in pain and you realize that his pain is way higher than he lets on to. Um, anywho's, I discovered that he was symptomatic and I let the doctor know, took a nasopharyngeal swab to test him and put him under isolation precautions. My poor CNA became so frustrated. She, she kind of just erupted in, in concern and frustration saying, oh my God, I didn't know that he was he he had this like what if he has this i've been exposed because we haven't been doing any of the the personal protective equipment until now and she told me she was worried having to take care of her elderly mother and live amongst her family if she could have been exposed um basically we were told to wear a surgical mask to prevent um any transfer if we should be developing the virus, which is a little nebulous as to the utility of that. Um, my patient, he told me that he was feeling pretty bad, and he kind of nonchalantly told me he probably did have the virus. Tucked away in this corner of the hospital, he really recognized the burden of nurses walking in and out wearing the protective equipment. Um, he took it with humor and he also definitely was beginning to feel some lonesomeness given that our patients who any actually all of our patients are having limited contact with anybody because no visitors are allowed in the hospital and these patients who are isolated in their rooms being ruled out for covid basically get limited contact with a healthcare provider my patient he didn't seem scared or worried he just thought it might be true that he had the virus. Once the result came back that it was negative, he told me, Oh, that's good. Now you guys don't have to gown up and everything. As if it was some kind of inconvenience to us. He didn't really carry any concern for himself or celebration about the fact he didn't have it. Probably because it didn't really change the fact that he still felt sick. Plus, he genuinely cared that it was affecting me. He told, he told me also that me and the rest of the nurses were some of the ones keeping him in good spirits, 
being tucked away without any outside contact in the hospital right now. Um, I share this because I think that the experience of my patient being ruled out for COVID-19 kind of does speak to humanizing this experience. I think it's easy even for healthcare providers to take on this burdensome feeling of going in and out of rooms, having to don and doff so often, doing hand hygiene until our hands just feel like dead. <laughs> um, and I hope that this would also dissipate some of the fear amongst non-healthcare providers that um, it's scary, but these are also real people who are at risk, real people who can get COVID-19. Um, and as I walk in and out of work, I'm just anticipating what it's going to be like to see an influx of positive patients. We've kind of had a lull right now, I think, as we start to prepare to see patients coming in who are a lot sicker, and I don't really know what it's going to be like. Um, it's pretty it's pretty strange to anticipate. Back in December, I actually got sick, not with COVID-19. I had some kind of upper respiratory tract infection, and it was a serious bummer. I ended up having to call out of work for several weeks and was kind of down for the count for the entire month. My throat hurt so bad I could hardly swallow and was having trouble getting any kind of liquid down. My body hurt. I was so tired. All I wanted to do was sleep and stay in bed. Yet at the same time, that feeling of loneliness and also guilt at not doing things really affected me. In the midst of that, I was kind of dealing with some lonesomeness related to heartbreak. And the whole the whole mess of it kind of compounded on each other. I was so grateful that my support system reached out to me, checking in on what I needed. Friends came over to drop me off food. People kept on asking me, like, how are you doing? How are you feeling? What do you need? Um, the friends who did that for me mean so very much to me, and I'm incredibly thankful to them. I think that that experience for me kind of, like, oddly set an example of what it's like to live in self-quarantine or live during a pandemic on a smaller scale. I, I was sick and I didn't know why. I felt this guilt of not going to work and yet I knew that I couldn't because I wouldn't be effective at my job and also I would be risking transmitting to somebody else. Yet at the same time, I was running out of sick leave. In fact, I ran out of my sick leave during this time and the fear of wondering when I could go back to work became really stressful. I remember my mom telling me that eventually it would be over. I would get better and I would get back to work. But at the time, I was just, I was in the midst of this struggle and it didn't really feel like there was any hope. Like I wondered when I would get better. When would I get to go back to work? Um, and that part scared me. It's it's strange to to exist in a moment when we don't know when the when the light will come. We don't see the end of um, of this pandemic, and so in a way, all that we can do right now is is focus on um, taking care of one another, taking care of ourselves, keeping our spirits bright, 
um, flattening the curve through self-isolation and reaching out to the people around us who are in need, people who become sick, people who are prone to sickness, um, those who have limited resources, those who just need a FaceTime call because of lonesomeness. There's a lot of need right now, even among those who seem to have a lot. And I think my time of being sick kind of brought that experience some realness for me. Right now, I feel like I'm in this position of kind of seeking truth and light and closeness even during quarantine. Also just kind of enjoying the aspect of um, freedom from some social obligations by staying home and working on my projects. It's um, especially for healthcare workers, I think it's really important to take this time during self-isolation for really intentional self-care, which can be so difficult. But taking time to reflect on what this means and um, finding some peace and compassion within the suffering is really, I think, key to preventing burnout. It's also kind of a time to draw near to one another and oneself. To draw near to one another during a time of self-isolation is strange, but actually I think that during a pandemic, self-isolating is one of the most community-minded things that we could do. Henry Nowen has, um, okay, if you don't know Henry Nowen, he is, he was a, um, a Dutch theologian and pastor who traveled around the world and spent a lot of his time uh, serving others. He wrote a ton of letters to friends, encouraging them. Even during times when he was lonesome, he would write friends to uh, letters to friends, encouraging them and being vulnerable, being vulnerable about his own struggles. He was also uh, closeted in his queerness, which is somewhat sad, but there's something just really cathartic about reading his letters and learning about who this guy was. He has a quote about community. Community is the fruit of our capacity to make the interests of others more important than our own. Uh, right now, I think that this is more true than ever. Trying to think about the greater community around us who are more, more vulnerable to COVID-19 and who can be affected um, is in line with the self-isolating concept. Plus, cultivating community and warmth amongst our friends and family is a necessity while people live in fear and um, potentially loneliness. I've been connecting a lot through online friends, um, chatting with people, FaceTiming friends. Somehow, somehow even talking to strangers on the internet holds a coziness to it. Mostly in the midst of this COVID-19 pandemic, I've been burdened in my heart and mind about what the exact correct response is, how to behave and stay afloat, how to care for myself and not get too lonesome while self-quarantining. I think everybody's in that. Feel free to reach out to me if you ever need somebody to talk to. 
I also feel a little bit solidified in my role as a nurse that somehow this is exactly what I'm supposed to be doing. I do have fears of loneliness, losing empathy and compassion for the people I'm taking care of, becoming hardened. That's why I think it's really important to reconnect with others and reflect. The reality is we probably will see through this sickness. We will, we will come out of this pandemic at some time, just like I did in December. However, some things will be different and there are many unknowns. There are always going to be people who are sick. People will continue to get COVID-19 and other viruses and bacterial infections that cause them harm. There are always going to be people who are in positions of privilege and those who are not, and those who are not are likely going to experience the brunt of these kinds of disasters. Acknowledging that these things will continue to exist even after the pandemic kind of gives me some sense of hope because this kind of suffering in the world isn't exactly new. All that I'm certain of is that we need each other, especially during times of loneliness and sickness. We might need each other in different ways. Continued grace and kindness for one another is extremely important, especially because this time can make people more anxious, um, more prone to get in heated political conversations on Facebook. I am hoping to offer grace and kindness to those whose approaches differ and who don't fully understand things about preventing transmission of this infection. Um, all we can do is our best and love one another, hold it closely that anybody really can become sick and everyone is deserving of compassion and honesty during this time. Um, I want to just keep this short, so I'm not going to go on for too much longer. Things that I'm doing to promote a hoogly spirit during self-quarantining include Stardew Valley, which is a virtual farming game. Not that expensive. You can download it. Um, doing some projects, new creative projects at home, talking with friends, um, having dance parties and learning TikTok dances. It's all hella basic and it's all kind of simple. I think that cultivating some creative energy and joy while still acknowledging how serious this is, is the key to being hopeful in this process. I really hope that such things will um, manifest in your life. It's kind of that weird space of acknowledging light and darkness, but I kind of think that's not much different than um, life without a pandemic. <laughs> I want to thank Spence Hood for... Um, the featured song at the beginning of this podcast. Spence is an artist in the Seattle area and a really good friend of mine. He is usually performing around at tons of venues, doing so far sounds, um, filming music videos. Life's gotten a little more slow for him, I think, right now, as it has with a bunch of artists. I really encourage you to support local indie art by watching people's live on, lives on Instagram, um, listening to their music on Bandcamp, uh, buying merch um, 
and things like this. It's a really difficult time for folks who are artists who make money off of um, performing and, and their art. So I think whatever we can do to support artists who offer us such hope and joy amidst darkness is so important. Um, I also want to encourage you to donate to this awesome new organization called Give IE. This is a nonprofit organization started by a dear, lovely in my life. And basically what they're doing is looking for families and individuals who are in need of help right now due to losing a job or um, having a setback in income. And um, basically you can donate and then they're going to use those funds to purchase whatever is needed for these families through local businesses. So the idea is to lift up those who might be downtrodden during this time and also support local businesses. Um, I will put a link for the website in the description. I understand a lot of people listening probably don't have extra cushioned cash to donate. Um, if you do, even just a small amount can go a long way. I also want to preemptively thank my amazing friend Matt, who is a another local artist. Um, actually, he works at a tech company that is so awesome. It's called Novel Effect. Unfortunately, these, this um, quarantine is not uh, helping small startups out. But Matt is working on a self-produced album and is also creating these amazingly quirky and funny videos on his Instagram and YouTube called Matt Chat. Matt Chat has been giving me so much life during this pandemic. Okay, Matt is just hilarious and brilliant. So please go check that out as well if you need some laughter and light. I'll include the description in the notes. And um, basically the music at and piece at the end of this podcast is thanks to him. Anywho's, um, I just want to encourage everybody to keep lifting each other up um, while it's acknowledging the darkness of this season. It's really okay to hold both of those. And I love you so much. I'm offering you huga and peace and blessings. So COVID-19 hasn't really affected me that much because I'm nine years old, but... Um, I live in a big family, and they live with me. So if I get it, it could spread to my papa and um, potentially, like, like hurt him in a bad way or, like, him just, like... Uh, it's kind of hard to see past to go to the, hospital, so. the next day, the next week, the next month. Yeah. Um, We're all super stressed. Um, it's, you know, and then our parents are super stressed. But... I don't know. And now we have, you know, the president of the United States labeling the novel coronavirus as the Chinese virus. It's really hard to have a long distance relationship across the border in a pandemic, but I guess we can take it slow. <laughs> <laughs> like, am I not a good person because I don't want to work right now? Black today. Mm -hmm. I want to stay home. I want to stay home.
well, if you ask me for water, I will give you living water that you will drink and never be thirsty again. There's not many answers. Yeah. We don't really know. Imagine ourselves right now. If I were to get sick, I'm going to depend on you to help me. So I have to help you. This week, I am worried about not being able to see my last surviving grandmother before she passes away. I'm worried about losing both of my jobs, and I'm worried about paying my rent. Because right now, everyone's looking at the right now. The way to combat coronavirus is to stay home and wash your hands. I'm gonna depend on you. I'm gonna depend on you. you know, we've seen this happen before with the well, if you ask me for water, well, if you ask me for water, beyond how scary it is to not have income. We're all cleaning our hands a lot. Um, I am not worried about not going to school, of course, and uh, just staying home because um, I have lots of family so I can hang out with them and have a huge backyard and play. I can. Um, play video games, I can watch TV. I'm not gonna be around a lot of people, but if I get stuck at home, then I'm fine with it.